right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour three, which is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. It's a big week. You know, this is like, um, it's not like a vacation buildup for me. But I am very excited because you're gone next week. I'm gone all. I'm I'm gone like six days. Which I know, is man. Weird for me. I'd never do that. I'm I'm uncomfortable with it. And you're driving what forty hours of that? Oh my god, yes. That's forty two. It's math. I hadn't even thought of it. it. It'd be like that. It'd be like Goof Troop the movie. You know what? Now that you mention that, I have kind of shied away from my Tubi obsession recently. So maybe it's time to kick that back up tonight, right? Why not? I mean, it, it's time to start procrastinating on an article, so of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that. I need to make some phone calls. All right, I've got to have this thing probably written before I leave next week, but yeah. Gosh, it's so stupid. Me, my wife, my mother-in-law, my two daughters, whom I love very much, driving to New York to meet my mom, my stepdad, my ex and her husband. Good times. I wonder how many weed legal states we go through. Honey, we need to stop here. <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to run in here real quick, walk out with like this massive bag of gummies or something. All right, you're driving. Let's go. Oh, gosh. No, I'm, be- I'm joking. I'm excited about it. I get to see my son. A day, baby. Uh, and apparently things are going well. So appreciate Acceptance all your support. Acceptance day. That's right. Look at you. All right, Plank Show. Brings you the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. We do this every single day at 11 a.m. And it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino in Oklahoma, where real gamers come to play. They have the best reels in the metro, and their happy hour is Monday through Friday, 3 to 6, Newcastle Casino. Big story number five. Number five. I mean, literally every single story could either be OU or NFL related, right? I mean, everything seems to be going on like crazy right now. Uh, Though I feel like in big story number five, I do owe you an update on the police chase that was taking place. Uh, Someone was watching it a little bit closer than I was. They said that the, uh, the suspect ran up to a lake and bailed on foot near the lake, and he didn't see any police cars when he bailed. That's what I said. I thought. The only person that I saw was the helicopter. But there you go. Big story number five, big police chase. No, I'm, I'm totally, totally joking. Big story number five, yes, ladies and gentlemen, college football is inching closer towards us. But this weekend did include at least one story that, I don't know, maybe kind of hit pause on a few things that the new NCAA might look like. And Nicole Arbach said the proposal, our reports, the proposal that would allow athletes to transfer multiple times and play right away is unlikely to pass. The one-time transfer rule will remain in place. And apparently, Josh, transfer windows could be delayed as well. So I don't know if maybe there's a disagreement on the timing of the transfer windows or what, but it's increasingly unlikely that the D1 Board of Directors will vote to eliminate the NCAA rule prohibiting 
multiple transfers by athletes. That would mean that the one-time transfer rule would remain in place. The creation of a transfer window is still very much up in the air because of the debate about the time. Multiple sources also told Nicole that they expect the elimination of the one-time transfer rule to be sent back to the Transformation Committee and or the council by the board at its meeting this week because it would be unlikely to pass if it was taken to a vote. It just doesn't seem like it should be that hard to get the transfer portal windows done. Why in college football or college athletics is it like pulling teeth to get any decisions made? Are you kidding me? Okay, so you get you, you get one transfer portal window. That's right. As soon as as soon as the season ends, right? Okay, before the what would be the spring semester would start, you got one right there, and then okay, you've got another one that would be post spring football, but also right after the spring semester ends nationally, so that doesn't impact school there. Boom, done. It's over. Simple. Come on, guys, let's vote. Let's get this thing accomplished. Apparently, Josh, that is incorrect. Apparently, this is very hard to figure out. I know. It's like, who are these bozos doing this? Good-looking question. I have no idea. Big story number four. Number four. I know you couldn't care less about this, but I was all in on wrestling this weekend, Josh. Congratulations to 73-year-old Ric Flair, who came away a winner in his final match last night. It ended in front of a sold-out municipal auditorium with a figure-four leg lock, which led to him and his son-in-law knocking off Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. No, it wasn't Conrad Thompson, his son-in-law. Uh, I'm not familiar. Idolo, Andre L. Idolo, nearly 10,000 people in attendance for the pay-per-view. The Undertaker was there. Bret Hart was there. Mick Foley was there. Man, what a night. It was emotional. What a night. Jeff Jarrett. The finish came when Jeff Jarrett, a legend, landed his signature guitar shot, but hit Jay Lethal accidentally. I can't wait. I'll watch uh, the next documentary. When that comes out, I'll see this. Oh, Conrad Thompson was involved in the finish? Apparently, he threw Andre a pair of brass knuckles from the front row, which he passed to Flair, landed the shot on Jeff Jarrett, put him in the figure four leg lock to end the match. Where's the video of this? I've got to see it. Also, uh, over the weekend on SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar brought out like a, a lift that lifted the ring up and still ended up losing to Roman Reigns. Oh, man. I know you were all in on SummerSlam on Saturday <laughs> Yeah, I know. Too. It's pretty much all I care about. Yeah, side story. Who are the brothers that everyone hates? The boxing brothers. I mean, better clarify that. The two, Luke, um, why did I just, Paul. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. I want to see boxing brothers everyone hates. Let's see what comes up. Let's see. Uh, not Floyd Mayweather. Why? Why wouldn't the Paul brothers be the first thing that came? Oh, there you go. <laughs> you just have to scroll down a little bit. Logan Paul and his match with The Miz, Josh? Not bad. I was kind of impressed. You were entertained? I was entertained. Good night. Good weekend for wrestling. All right. Let's get back to common sense here for some. Big story number three. Number three. Before we get to the Deshaun Watson news and big story number two, quite the NFL weekend when – you consider all the news that broke. All right, let's start with 
the new contract for Debo Samuel. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about it because Debo got exactly the same deal essentially that A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and, 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 and he got. Debo and I talk a lot. We're good, and we understand our role. I know there's a lot of noise for five months and tweets, and a lot of people are repeating what someone said and repeating, repeating, repeating. There's a lot of negotiations going on. There's a lot of money involved. It's a big business deal. But besides everything else, we're good. Okay. Well, let's see how good they are with the future of Jimmy Garoppolo, whose odds to go to the Giants somehow increased this weekend, or I guess dropped this weekend. There's a better chance now according to these. And will people stop saying, oh, my gosh. When you see the player odds, when you see these exotic odds, right, you hear, oh, it's like Deshaun Watson, the over-under is at six, and it's plus 100, plus 200. Those aren't Vegas odds. Those are offshore odds. Those are accounts that have been created to generate some interest, and it's a very small amount of people that bet on it. We talked to Todd Furman about this last night right here on The Ref, Fox Sports Radio, and he said the reason you see those fluctuate so much is because it literally takes one one big bet to change the whole odds. But anyway, b- back to the point. Um, Debo Samuel's a niner. Now they got to, f- for a-, a while now, a three-year deal, now they got to figure out what they're going to do with Jimmy G. I bet he sticks around for a while. I think they're eventually going to have to cut him because unless you have a quarterback injury, unless I go down the list, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson – I don't even think they if, – if Pat Mahomes got hurt, I don't think Kansas City would be in the Jimmy G business. You don't think that there's any scenario where they pay a portion of the contract and get a kind of minor draft pick for Maybe. somebody? Sure. Or, or just, pay a large portion of the contract? I, I think a lot of this is because he was hurt. I think a lot of this is because he's not as good as some people think. Um, he's not as bad as others think, But he's not either. as – right. I mean, it's not like he's terrible. I mean, the, the guy has – Taking a team to the Super Bowl, you don't just you don't just do that because you stink. That's right. Preach. Meanwhile, Warren Moon, the Hall of Famer, came out to call out Arizona on their contract that they gave Kyler Murray. I've never seen a clause like that. I've seen clauses for, for weights. Like Zion Williamson has one now for his weight concern. We used to get weighed every week as a player on Thursday. So you had certain weights that you had to hit. And if you were over, you got fined for that. I understand that type of thing. But but this, this is intelligence. And this is just uh, work (laughs) ethic. And uh, it's too bad that they had to put this in the highest profile player in their organization, their quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's sure. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) What the heck was that? (laughs) We really collectively as a societal have to try to do better to not interrupt our guests. It's my biggest frustration. I try to, and Arnie's so, he's like, uh-huh, yeah. I, 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 I. You can hear someone trying to make a point. It's like, write it down. You got plenty of time. Podcasters are the worst, dude. Andy Staple, did, did it just lightning strike in the studio? Um, it, it's a rule that I learned. To have a little notepad with you, write it down. You're going to have plenty of time. By the way, ESPN right now, you try to tell me wrestling isn't a sport. They're recapping SummerSlam. Hmm. Yeah, I, they must not have much to talk oh, about. It's a commercial, never mind. <laughs> um, and a couple of other NFL weekend notes. So you heard Kyle Shanahan, uh, Pete Carroll talking about QB1 in Seattle. All these guys can chuck the football. We can use the whole field. We're going to bomb it. And we're going to do all of those things we love doing. And uh, we'll just see how, 
you know, how the competition plays itself out, but uh, Gino's, gonna, Gino's in the lead right now. Russell Wilson. It's a new challenge. You know, I think any time in life uh, you get to have these new challenges and how, how do you embrace them? And uh, I've been going full steam ahead and the guys have been exceptional. And uh, we got a really great team. We got a chance. And uh, we're really excited about it. We had an amazing practice again today. And uh, we're battling, getting after it every day. So it's been a lot of fun. And uh, a little Dak Prescott on Tony Pollard and Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. Those are two guys that are without egos, and they want, they're want they they're to each other's biggest fans. And so when one's in the game, the other one's trying to support them, but I think you'll see a lot more of them in the, uh, the game together. When you have two guys like that, you got to get them on the field. you got to get them the ball. Uh, they both can do everything, but as you said, one's very physical and the other one's more more shifty in a sense. Uh, they're two playmakers, and it's just uh, it's up to me and Kellen to make sure that we're getting them, getting them in the right spot. Did you watch on Saturday? I was glued. They had – DeForest Buckner was mic'd up during camp. They had a couple of other guys throughout the day. I thought it was really well done by NFL media and ESPN and NFL Network being all over it. Back to like a back to football Saturday. It would have been cool, but no, I was totally tapped out and <laughs> your birthday partying, man. That's right, dude. Ten to noon. By the way, live golf. Pretty good. Pretty this. exciting, huh? See, you're coming around on this deal. Like hey, I've got that. an NFL note for you. Go ahead. Orlando Brown, I guess, is in fact going to report to Kansas City Chiefs camp. You know, he couldn't work out a long-term extension with the Chiefs. I hadn't been following the story altogether super closely uh, throughout this offseason, but, I mean, man, the deal that Kansas City tried to offer Orlando Brown is so bad. Good for him for not inking it. Have you seen the numbers of what his offer was, the final was offer? Was it from bad? The I didn't see the final offer. I mean, like financially, it sounds good up up top, right? Six right. years, $139 million deal, $30.25 million signing bonus. That That's it, though. I mean, the guaranteed money, not great on the deal. So he said, no thanks. Sounds like he's going to sign the franchise tender, though, and get going with Kansas City, which, of course, is big news for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you you don't give up a, a first-round pick for a guy and then not be able to keep him around. I learned a new term this weekend. You know, we always had holdouts, and the CBA, the new CBA, has basically made it impossible to hold out. Now you have what I think Pat McAfee phrased as a hold-in. So what you do is basically you still report to camp but you don't do anything. <laughs> that way you don't get fined. Yeah, yeah. You you literally show up at camp. You you do all the the check ins and weigh ins and maybe even work out a little bit. But you don't you don't do anything. Great to see everybody. Uh, happy to be a Baltimore Raven. I will not be participating in practice. Hold in is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, all right. Big story number two. Obviously, it's huge. Number two. And the only reason it's not big story number one on this show is because we're focused on OU and recruiting. But, well, speaking of that, there's big story number one as well. But big story number two, Josh, Deshaun Watson, six games. Uh, it'll be reacted to all day across every single national entity. The NFL has yet to announce if it will appeal the suspension. The decision was issued by Sue Robinson this morning. Have not seen... The full explanation of her decision. Honestly, I, I haven't lived too much on Twitter this morning. I think I think even Browns fans, for as boisterous as they've been when they see six games come down, I think they're smart enough to say, yeah, probably not a time to celebrate and beat our chest too much today. 
But then again, I, Browns fans are kind of dumb. I mean, they're morons. One of the angles of all of this that I thought was kind of interesting or pieces of it that was interesting. So he's getting – he's been suggested for the six-game suspension we know from Sue Robinson. Correct. So he can participate in practice all the way throughout the preseason. Right. He can play in the preseason games. He cannot report to practice again until after the week three game. Correct. Is there any rationale for why that is? It's, it's half the, the suspension? Yeah, it's always been the NFL rule. I don't know. Half of the suspension you can't practice? Yeah, I, I, I think it's part of the new CBA. I think it's another way. Because, uh, like, if he was fined, you're fined usually, you know, out of your your your, your game check. And, like, his game check, if he was fined, wouldn't have been enough in the first year to, to cover the payment. <laughs> Of the fine, but he didn't get fined, so there's that. It makes no sense. Dude. Wouldn't it make more sense to either practice throughout that and be suspended for all the games or be suspended from practice the entirety of the time you're suspended? It You would think. <laughs> Instead of, you know, you know what, see what I'm saying? Like 50% just seems it, weird. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Pro Football Talk put a poll up this morning. Do you agree with Deshaun Watson being suspended six games? The uh, overwhelming 79% say no. Um, Jeez. I mean, Trevor Bauer, they – the same – the you know the difference? They might have ended Bauer's career. Do you know what the difference is? Do you know what the difference between the Trevor Bauer case and the Deshaun Watson case is? A picture. Yeah, one picture. One picture. Yeah. I mean, it, and obviously it's – we're talking about the actual act and in some of these cases an act, but also what it took to get to that act. I'm trying to be as kid-friendly as I can knowing it's the summer. But, yeah, it's – there's a picture. There's a picture, and it was enough for people to say, whoa, this is unreal. I still – I'm telling you what, if this stays at six games – and he got the highest paid contract ever. For those of you that are outraged, don't worry. Because something's going to happen again. I've been around too many people. I've been around too many people that have gotten away with something like this. And not obviously involving massage therapist. And it's almost as if it's a reward for him right now. That's what it is. When really, some of he's the, been rewarded. He's got the highest contract ever. He's only going to miss six games. I mean, literally, he got everything he wanted. He asked for a trade for the Houston Texans. Didn't play last year. Ends up getting dealt to the Browns. That's it. He's Deshaun Watson has been rewarded. He certainly hasn't been punished all that much. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right. Um, when we come back, let's get into the Cruton weekend that was. Because it was a good Cruton weekend for the Oklahoma Sooners. And it looks like it's just going to get better. Tomorrow, cool focus because we're focused on the team. We're talking football. Brent Venables tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on The Ref. And then, of course, all of the assistants, and hopefully we'll have some ways to get the players here as well. Top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino on the Home Sooner Fans. Of course, the biggest story nationally in sports has been remembering the great Bill Russell. 
who passed away at the age of 88. 11 championships. Never lost an elimination game. Uh, unbelievable. And more importantly than any of that, the type of social force that Bill Russell was um, amazing. I mean, he's sort of, along with Muhammad Ali and several others, I mean, in terms of American sports, he kind of pioneered that role for athletes yeah. in the United States. Yeah. By the way, I blocked my first person on our Twitter, Twitter machine, our tweet machine, or I'm sorry, text machine. You can't cuss. Don't cuss. You're out. Especially whenever you call us dumb and you don't even I, – I mean, is this like a five-year-old or something that's – you can't spell. I know. Anytime – You can't – when you can't spell and you're calling someone else a moron, you don't win. Don't cuss. The big mistake of I'm this sure morning – I'm sure TJ will unblock you. Yeah, probably. The big mistake of this morning was me mixing up the Bernie Sanders memes. Yeah, <laughs> That's really what set this individual um, off. From the 214, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text here before we do a full synopsis on the recruiting weekend. 19 uh, potential football players for Oklahoma on campus for their party at the Palace. There was a, a barbecue dinner and celebration. There was a pie-eating contest. There was a little dodgeball that was played. How was your barbecue? It was really good. I've, of course, I'm not the person to ask. You, I have a very solid stance on barbecue. I'm a firm believer there's no such thing as bad barbecue. But there is great barbecue. But there is great barbecue. Uh, and this was pretty, this was pretty good. It tastes pretty good, don't it? I will say this. For the Plank family, the excitement of the ice cream was really what, what made the day. But yeah, it was it was it was a really really cool event. And let's see, I just update. I'm here on OU Insider. Sooners currently seventh overall with 18 commits. And what we got one more? Did you say coming this afternoon? Potentially three o'clock. Colton Vasic will make his announcement, and he is predicted crystal ball predictions in to Oklahoma. That's a Westlake kid, so out of Austin, and Oklahoma would go. Potentially, if they do in fact get this commitment, which would be their 19th in this uh, 2023 class, they would win out over both Oregon and, of course, Texas uh, for a kid that, again, is out of Westlake in Austin. So that would be a big-time, big-time recruiting win for one Miguel Chavis and really just Oklahoma in general over the Longhorns. Can I – here's a dumb question. So I just Googled Colton Vasek who has been given the crystal ball projection to Oklahoma by our own Parker Thune. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend. Was he here this weekend? Do you know? Let me see. if I would only know him by their face. Yes, he, he was. Yeah. Stud. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny if I saw him, Josh. I want to make that very clear. I don't know. So, but when I Google up Colton Vasek, Every single return is something off either Longhorn Wire, Hook'em Headlines, uh, or something Texas-related. Hook'em Headlines, Hook'em Headlines, Longhorn Wire. Texas target Colton Vasek receives production to OU. Four-star Colton Vasek sets commitment date. Texas football trending away from four-star Colton Vasek on decision day. You're welcome for the clicks. I mean, that, that just... What does Travis always tell us? That's the comeback now. They're like, well, you know, it's 
they're getting all the guys that we're not interested in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't say that in this particular case. Yeah, not at all. They were, uh, I mean, obviously big-time players for Vasek. Huge, huge for Miguel Chavis. I mean, think about just Miguel Chavis so far at Oklahoma, Plank. And I get it. Hey, he's got to coach some players in football games. But for somebody that had not been a full-time assistant coach, right, a full-time position coach in his history, man, he has really tore it up on the recruiting trail. And obviously this is not a commitment yet, though there's pretty strong indications that yep. in three and a half hours that's exactly what's going to be the case for Colton Vasek. You think about the way the end of the 2022 signing class played out for OU, Grayson Halton, Cavante Henry, uh, R. Mason Thomas, and now obviously uh, you think of P.J. Adabare, and it sounds like Vasek here. I mean, man, there's some blue-chip talent that Mr. Miguel Chavis in Oklahoma is bringing to Norman, Oklahoma. And if Vasek does indeed decide to commit to Oklahoma, which every single Texas person now, when when Jeff Ketchum has to give a projection to OU, does he cry? Is there tears that come with the thumb? <laughs> Little orange tears. Um, but th this was an interesting note from the Hook'em Headlines website. It said, it also heightens the importance of Texas landing the highly touted four-star Marlin Texas edge rusher Darian Gallette and or four-star Friendswood edge rusher Braylon Shelby in the near future. It looks like both Gillette and Shelby are closing in on decisions within the next few weeks. Texas currently has just one edge rusher in this class, and that is Billy Walton, who was originally committed to Oklahoma State, is a three-star out of South Oak Cliff. So this this – Hurts that depth in recruiting for Texas if indeed Colton Vasek decides to go to Oklahoma like everyone projects that they will. What's uh, the situation on Gallette? Is he – I thought he was – and I might be totally misspeaking here. Wasn't he interested in LSU? Um, Let me double check. I think you're right. Um, And I think Texas Tech was in on the mix for, for Darion Gallette too, but – He's projected to Texas. Yeah, and probably they're going to get that commitment. But he's he's been recruited by Jim Knowles at Ohio State. Texas A&M has been all over him. I guess there was some early interest from Oklahoma and Alabama, but according to the 24-7 projection, uh, that's kind of cooled. So warm from Ohio State, Texas, and Texas A&M on Darion Gillette, 6'2", 220 out of Marlin, Texas. You know, according to the class calculator on 24-7 sports, <laughs> if you add a commitment in from Colton Vasek, it's my understanding that that would put Oklahoma as the number six class Gosh. nationally in front of uh, they would leapfrog Clemson. It's just unfortunate this thing isn't going to work. Um, from the 214, ESPN needs to put a link up for Sooner Vision on ESPN+. Plus. Kind of hard to find the content. Is, is Today, I guess, is launch day, right? Oh, yeah. people. I, I saw people up late last night that were tweeting about it. I say late last night. I felt like some of y'all, it, it either jumped in early or... Eastern? Was it an 11, a, uh, 11 p.m. Maybe Central Maybe it day? was. Maybe it was. But here, let me... Here, do you, do you have your account? Are you logged in? Uh, no? I, I can get logged in very swiftly. No, I mean, I, I think all I have to do is go to watch ES. There you go. Um, kind of watch ESPN.com. Yeah, it's not just right here on the front page, is it? Though that's 
Weren't we told there was going to be a landing page too? Yeah, I think what I did to find it was I went down to the college football link and I went through that. But that's always been my biggest frustration with uh, the Watch ESPN app or I guess ESPN+. Plus. I think it is the most difficult to navigate board that there is. And I, maybe it's just because of my crappy fire stick or my computer, I'm always chronically and constantly having to log back in. Now I'm going to, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm a, I am now officially Josh, an ESPN plus subscriber. Congratulations, Thank man. you. But I, I mean, even down on the very bottom of the page, there's a, a bunch of links for their different channels. There's Big 12 Now, Pay-Per-View, ESPN Deportes, ACC Network, but they don't even have the the Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus as one of those links quite yet. I mean, it is day one, but you would think they've had a little bit of time to get this organized. But I, I think it's, it's going to be much easier now going forward for everyone to, to know where their events are, and that's a good sign. But, yeah, they, they can make it a little bit easier to find. Uh, gotta love, writes the 405, when Ric Flair faked a heart attack then gave a thumb to the eye last night. I had to do my show last night, so I didn't get to watch it, and I couldn't talk anyone in my family into getting the pay-per-view. But I'm going to find it and watch it tonight. I can't wait. From the 918, Oklahoma is just living rent-free right now in everyone's mind. Boy, it sure does seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and – for whatever reason, these last couple of years, Colin Colin Cowherd's kind of made this, I think, popular to where people figured out, oh, man, yeah, we, we will get clicks. We will get engagement if we ruffle the feathers of Oklahoma. Deathbed wish, Josh. And someone says something ridiculously stupid about Oklahoma and no one reacts because – We know. Because you know. But, yeah, I mean <laughs> – I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, well – where you don't have to go and have a Twitter space about it for, you know, three hours where you all fight with each other. I just – I want that day, Josh. I don't know if that day is ever going to happen, but I want that day. And then there's this. So happy I found this station so I can hear about OU sports. I was listening to another station. They were talking about the PGA. I mean, seriously? Well, in fairness, we have you covered on golf every Saturday from 10 to noon with the Gimme Zone. That's right. We get the entire golf fix out 10 to noon on Saturdays. And I don't I mean, for golf I, lovers. I'm live golf now. I don't care about the PGA Tour, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> That's right. Come on, baby. <laughs> Come on down. Uh, and then let's see. There is one more here that I wanted to get to. Totally agree with True Sooner's call. It was exciting back in the day to get that packet of tickets in the mail. I've collected them for many years, but can't anymore. In 2020, you could buy a souvenir ticket for each game after the season for ten dollars each. In 2021, I was told they didn't do those anymore. Yeah, that, that stinks. That does stink. I was – I had a little birdie give me a number of the amount of money they're saving by not printing tickets. Yeah, probably a large you, number. You, you want to guess? It It was larger than I thought, but maybe – Less than you thought in a way, too? Sure. Like, what would you ballpark it the say, in printing tickets, knowing how expensive printing can be? I mean – how many season ticket holders would right. you say there are? Yeah, exactly. 70,000? Right. And then you're, pre- I mean, you're printing tickets to every single game, every single event. For just football? I believe this is for just football, correct. A million dollars. 3.5 to $4 million. Okay. That's what I'd heard. 
Which, again, I appreciate the the want for commemorative tickets. I'm the same way. I still have one of my, I guess you could say, pieces of memorabilia that I keep is a St. Louis Cardinals ticket where I had Wayne Gretzky sign it because he was somehow sitting next to me. And nobody knew who he was. He would just been traded to St. Louis or signed with St. Louis. But, yeah, three and a half to four million. You can say that kind of money. Yeah, I think you think you're okay. Yeah, saying, eh, we're yeah. good on that. Uh, I got more to get to, but we're way behind. We'll wrap up uh, the Plank Show coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I, just w- one quick note because, thankfully, conference realignment cooled a little bit this weekend. Thankfully? A, what are you talking about? You had another – but a, a Dennis died about targeting. And again, as we talked about on this show incessantly last week, I don't believe the Big Ten showing their hands on anything. And if Oregon or Washington or Stanford or Cal, if they were going to be in the Big Ten in the short term, they'd be there. Now, five to ten years from now, we'll see. But I do think their TV deal is going to be ten years. So they're not going to be – going back to the negotiating table for about a decade. Yeah, I don't think – Kevin Warren doesn't need to show us his hand because we already know his hand. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of clear. If they can get Notre Dame, cool, they'll expand. If not, I think there's a good stay. chance they won't. And, and if the playoffs expand to 16 teams, why do you need to implode other conferences anyway? But it, it, it's so funny how everyone's mocking the Pac-12, and, and I get it, but literally everything you see – that the Pac-12 is doing is about in line with what the Big 12 did as soon as Oklahoma and Texas left, right? I mean, Bob Bolsby went after ESPN. And now we look back almost a year later, and it worked. So, I mean, I I get it. It's kind of funny to see the the Pac-12 squirming with the arrogance and the pompous nature, but I mean, we're not the 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 Big Twelve fans. They're not too far removed from. I guess the best way to put it is being in that same position again. No one should be comfortable. We have a commitment to each other. Yeah. Well, how about how about the report that came out? This the, the one interesting report on realignment that came out was that the Pac-12 was really looking to get aggressive. And try to add a few Big 12 teams. And they were very interested in the potential of bringing a Texas Tech and an Oklahoma State and getting in the South a bit. And USC and its president was the entity that balked. No, you can't do that. Funny times. Uh, But tomorrow, okay, so I I don't need to, I guess, over-explain this for tomorrow on the show. Uh, Josh and I are going to start out over at OU. We are not in a position where we can do a show from there. Um, There's not – I think there's a lot of construction that's going on over in the area where we would do the show. And to be honest with you, it's just as – what was it, the candidate? It's a mess. It's a mess. So we'll we'll abide by the rules, but we'll bring you to start the show tomorrow. The Ted Roof presser, because Ted will talk at 8, so it'll give us a chance to hear Coach to start this program. And we're going to be around talking to different assistants and and doing what we can to bring you premium content here on the show. Uh, in, the nine, in the 10 o'clock hour after Brent Venables speaks, that'll be Jeff Levy, and we'll have all that for you right here on The Ref. 
uh, and then select OU's offensive assistant. So, Ted Roof to start the show tomorrow, Brent Venables live at 10 a.m., and then Jeff Levy in offensive talk at 11 a.m. I think that's a pretty easy plan, right? And for Wednesday, we will revisit much of this. That's that's my plan for Wednesday. Okay, I like it. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, or we'll we'll play cleanup, right? And, and we'll Whatever have, we right. have not hit. We'll get players. You know, there'll be a lot of player stuff. I think that'll be going around. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun day tomorrow. It'll be a busy, busy day, fun day tomorrow, and the rest of this week. Look, we're inundated, everybody. It's Sooner football. Everybody, it's here. It's here. Um, one, one quick Air Comfort Solutions text to put a wrap on this segment. Miguel Chavis was not only Brent Venable's first assistant hire, but the fact that he received a 600K salary, only 10K less than Kale Gundy, for his first on-field role speaks to his value and the likely effort Clemson made to retain him. It's a great point. Very, very well uh, said. You don't see first-time on-field coaches getting a pay like that. I'll tell you what, that dude, I, I kind of feel like I'm filled with endless energy. Miguel Chavis runs laps around me. <laughs> yes, he He's, is energetic. Still doesn't know my name, but absolutely runs laps around me. That dude was... He was playing basketball. He was he was in everything on Friday. And it was just – I'm really excited. I'm really excited for what he would bring. Oh, one more. Uh, Maggie writes, Brent Venables thinks if you take a visit somewhere, you aren't really committed to OU. Why would it be different for a recruit that was committed to another school, school wanting to visit OU? That's, that's kind of been the basis of the frustration here, Maggie. That's where most people are getting upset. But – I mean, they turned away Canick, and he's like, no, I'm coming. He views a commitment to him a certain way, and that's how OU views it. That doesn't mean he has to hold someone that's committed somewhere else. If they say, hey, I want to come see your place, I mean, as Bob Stoops once brilliantly put it, when the phone rings, you got to answer it. Now I guess the new analogy, when the text hits your, your phone, you got to reply to it. You can't leave them on red. We'll wrap it up next. It's a plank show. Quick hits here off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Santa John writes, the point is the recruit really isn't committed if he's still taking phone calls and visits regardless. I mean, yeah, that's kind of where we are in this. But, I mean, if you uh, – for the 918, reality commits are not binding until signing day, so does a commit really matter until December? No. Welcome to what I've been saying for – what year did I start in radio? 1997? Yeah, until that – Ink hits paper, that fax comes in. If you know you want to refer to faxes anymore, email comes across, right? I just I don't get it. I I I've never really understood, and and I get it that people are passionate about recruiting, but people losing their minds about commitments. I don't really get excited until signing day. But I I was sitting in a room interviewing a coach one time, whenever he had to step away to hear from a guy that we were about ready to talk about that had just decommitted. I mean, none of it matters until signing day. But here's the other part of this that's so frustrating to me. This wasn't new. This was a clip from five months ago, and everyone's suddenly on some moral high ground about it. We've done this show. Thank you, Drake. Trying to play gotcha journalism. We've done this show. This is a show we've done. We did it back in February whenever he said it. So it's old news to me. 
It's kind of like, hey, Josh, that fifth down call in the Colorado-Missouri game, egregious. Really bad. You know, um, whenever yeah, that, that Green Bay, that Hail Mary, the Fail Mary, really bad call. Let's take some calls. I'm going to write an article. This is outrageous it. how this played out at Oregon. Just ridiculous. This squib kick starts uh, – not a good call. Let's talk – I mean – it's we're going back in time and complaining about something. Well, I just saw it. Well, that's your fault. It's not our fault. Um, and then one more. One more that I saved for today. In sexual assault cases, what evidence are you going to have if you pay all of the evidence hush money? Well, there is some truth to that, but the NFL was not bound to what happened in any of the criminal proceedings with Deshaun Watson. They're operating completely separately of anything that the grand juries have determined out there or settlements that have been made. Weird. It's weird. And that everyone sees it this way is shocking to me. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong, but I cannot understand just based on even hearing some of the testimony from these people, how you could say these women, you could say, yeah, well, they, they, listen, it wasn't too bad. Well, he only did that. He only did this. It was only four people. I mean, what are we, where are we as, where are we in the expectation level of our professional athletes? Bar is pretty low, it seems. Okay. Steel Man and Thune are next. Parker's all over the Cruton from the weekend. Big weekend. Parker's got the recap with the Steel Man next on the Home of Sooner Fans.